Reentry, recidivism, mass incarceration, criminal justice reform. Yeah, these have all become popular topics in the past 15 years. It seems that a lot of experts have emerged and everybody has an opinion and a program to solve it all. I've been on the ground in prisons and on the street doing the work for the past 34 years. And I want to introduce you to others who are on the front lines grinding it out every day. I'm Rocky DeYoung, and this is Kicking It Off the Grid. We are kicking it today with Tammy Washington. Uh, good to have you, Tammy. Uh, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Tammy Washington, and I am um, self-employed. I am a notary public. Um, I'm a tax preparer. I'm a peer recovery specialist, and I'm currently even driving a school bus. <laughs> I Are you really? <laughs> No, you're I'm not. Work, I am. I'm working on my license now. No um, way. A school yes, bus. Yes, way. So wow. And, <laughs> so I'm well rounded. I have many, many, I many guess. hats that I wear. Um, and then lastly, I work with my husband, Eric Washington, and we are working together to um get the Kingsman Project nonprofit off the ground and 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 moving along nicely all right we will talk more about that in a bit but okay. uh, i'm still reeling from the school bus thing wow. <laughs> apparently there's a shortage that's what i hear yep there's a shortage and you know we need and why we need... would you want to do that well because um with my notary business you know that interest rates have gone up Interest yeah. rates go up. It costs more to afford a house. People aren't buying. People aren't refinancing. People are just kind of waiting it out to see what happens with rates. And when that happens, there my business kind of dries up a bit. Wow. So, yeah. Well, all part of the recession. Yeah. So, you know, it is Which what is, it is. And it, yeah. and it also slows down in the winter months in Minnesota anyway. I mean, people don't tend to do much moving around in the winter unless they absolutely have to. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the PRS thing, we've, we've had other guests on the podcast who gone through the peer recovery specialist thing. Talk to me about what that is and how you got involved in that and why you would get involved in that. Um, peer recovery specialist is a person that basically just walks with a person that is um, managing addiction Um and I'm just there for them as a sounding board, a mentor, um, just somebody to kind of, you know, walk the walk with them and help them navigate through whatever little challenges that are coming up for them. I've done things like um, assist people with getting to their physical therapy appointments, um, gone to meetings and, and that sort of thing. And how I got involved, well, um, I got involved. I I don't even really remember 
um, but you know, it was brought to my attention that they were looking for people to um, come in and be licensed to be able to do this work. And I had already been working with um, reentry court as a mentor. So I thought, well, this would be a natural um, progression of something to do to add to my knowledge of mentoring people. So that's kind of how I got involved with that. So you're kind of combining uh, your experience as a mentor in the federal reentry court uh, from that point on to becoming a certified peer recovery specialist and kind of rolling in both those worlds, right? That's, yep, that's right. And again, that seems to be the, uh, the, the new thing, if you will, uh, a number of different agencies recognizing that these two worlds are connected. They're different, mm-hmm. but they're connected. And if you can have skills in the reentry world and cross over into uh, the addiction world, uh, substance use disorder, if you will, um, makes you much more effective. Yep. And I'm assuming everybody you've worked with in reentry court. Uh, which is what, one, two, how many so far? Um, well, officially one, but two. Yeah, we'll call it two. Yeah. Yeah. One, both had a background in addiction. One sort of continued with it in reentry court. Mm-hmm. And so you were kind of working with two types of clients with similar backgrounds. That's always helpful. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so how long have you been uh, certified as a peer recovery specialist? I've been certified as a peer recovery specialist since looks like about March of this year, March of 2022. Oh, okay. So coming up on a year. Yep. So I've got a, a, a little small client base of about five ladies that I'm consistently working with. Ah, okay. So how's that going? It's going, it's going pretty good. Um, no two days are alike. Um, <laughs> That's right. I've seen and heard a lot. Yeah. But it is rewarding in that, you know, you, you get to see a person's growth from the time that you start working with them. You know, you kind of can watch and see how they're progressing along. And so far, I've got a good bunch of ladies that are, you know, kind of, they're on a good path. Um, there have been bumps in the road, which is expected, yeah. but overall they are, are doing, doing well. And do they all have uh, criminal justice backgrounds? No, just a couple of them have criminal justice backgrounds, um, okay. but all of them have uh, chemical dependency issues. Right. Okay. And do you pick the clients you work with or does somebody assign them to you? I'm kind of in control of picking the clients that I work with. Um, right now I'm aligned with a sober house and I just oh. kind of can pop into those houses where, when they get new ladies, introduce myself, you know, and I say, I pick them, but we, we kind of pick each other, you know, I, right. you know, go right. in, introduce myself you know, meet them, talk with them, and then try to see if we can develop some sort of rapport, find out what their needs are. 
and then um, take it from there and see if I can, you know, help them in any way. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've met people that are like, mm, nah, you know, I'm not interested, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's fine. Um, but for the most part, it's a mutual, you know, if it's a match, then we're good and we, you know, kind of go on. If it turns out to not be a match, then I know quite a few other people that are also um, specialists that I can refer them to or steer them towards somebody that I think might be a better personality match or whatever the whatever the disconnect may be. I try to hook them up with somebody that's a better fit. Oh, that's good. And these are clients who are in the sober house who've had an assessment, I'm assuming, and um, they were recommended to have a peer recovery specialist. And so then that's when you guys step in, right? That's correct. Okay, I see. Now, a little more about the clients, because I'm curious about this. Um, the ladies, uh, white, black, brown, yellow, green, what, well, what kind it's, of flavors they come in? Well, they, they come in all, all flavors and colors. But for me, yeah. for some reason, all, all the girls that I'm currently working with are white ladies. Really? I've, oh. I've had um, a couple of uh black ladies come they kind of come and go they're not really they're just really not interested per se um but then they kind of keep my name and number in the back pocket and they'll call you know random call out of the blue if they need something but right. most of my ladies are white ladies what do you think's going on there you know, it's going actually pretty good and I have one that if I don't check in with her a couple times a week, she'll call me. She's like, hey, I miss you. What's going on? I haven't seen you, wow. haven't heard from you. You know, so I've gotten pretty close to some of these gals. Look at that. Yeah. So, so you know, that probably goes against the norm or at least the narrative that's out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you as a, you know, it's weird, but the black ladies that I encounter at the sober houses right out of the gate are not interested. They're just, hmm. you yeah. know, and, and it and it kind of takes a little while to kind of, you know, try to reach out to them. But for the most part, they're not interested. And That's what probably, I've been seeing since I've been in it. Yeah. We should probably clarify for our listeners that you are black. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at you on the screen here. And I, can I was this morning when I got up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah all right and and you know now that i think of it in reentry court you've kind of had that same experience where um initially i had a uh, participant in the court who was black female mm -hmm. and uh, she was not doing well with her mentor who was white mm -hmm. uh, and i thought and then you came along i thought okay i'll match it up match her up with tammy and she said no nope, nope <laughs> not doing that <laughs> She was like, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> no, it just surprised me. I suppose she figured you were going to get in her business and she didn't need any of that. Probably. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's funny. We're so, we can be so guarded about everything. We don't want to let anybody in. Right. Even when we know we need them. 
but we just yeah. you know we put up that guard and we're we're going down with the ship because we don't want you getting you know getting all in there and yeah we we call it the i got this syndrome yeah and you don't have it (laughs) yeah and you don't have it you're not even close to having it yeah (laughs) but you think you do yeah that's that's and you know again to tie that into the stages of change if it's if you're in a pre-contemplative state there's not a whole lot you can do right i was talking to a group the other night about that in a training and um mostly older folks and uh, we talked about the stages of change and i mentioned if you're in the pre-contemplative what do you do and no one had an answer and i said well you just use it for entertainment you just kick it you you're not really looking to you mm-hmm. know go down a structured path or anything because right. they're not interested in, and they were shocked they, they thought oh how could you do that because <laughs> they think they have the power to make them change right 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 not going to happen exactly now they might open up later on you know when they feel a little more comfortable but initially nope not going to happen right all right so you were also in a class that we had you and your husband eric um learning about the criminal justice system and i don't know if you saw the email that just went out from the minnesota certification board but that class now is officially certified oh i didn't i didn't know that it was already official that's good to know just happened yesterday so all right great um, news so either we're going to try to figure out a way to get you know the class you took certified somehow or we'll get you in on the next round and uh, make that official I think that would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that class, that was kind of your first exposure to learning about criminal thinking, how the state and the feds operate. Uh, so give me some thoughts on that, what your experience was like going through that. Um, I'm assuming you learned quite a bit because you came in pretty green. Well, uh, yeah, I learned quite a bit. Um, and you know, the criminal thinking piece started to make more sense because I'm kind of like on the listening end of my husband's group meetings, his Zoom meetings, and you hear some of the things they say that came up in that meeting and it's like, oh, okay, that's what that's all about. Um, you know, basically I just learned a lot about the way that a person thinks when they've been in in prison and you know how they manage and and you know the type of stuff that they just always default to in their in their thinking and how they're navigating through their world it's interesting and and i'm i have a lot more to learn but that class was was um kind of eye-opening in and you that grew respect. up in a family where um was did anyone in your family go to prison or oh yeah yeah oh, yeah mm-hmm. oh, um okay. well most recently i have a cousin that um he went he did 10 years he got oh. out this year earlier this summer um and then and I grew up with my cousins. We grew up like siblings. So we're really close. 
Yeah. Um, and then my dad, my father went to prison. Um, oh, I did not know that. Yep. Um, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but I was an adult. Um, he went to Sandstone. He didn't do a lot of time, but he still went to prison. Yeah. So yeah, Federal. it it has so. impacted me um directly. And as okay. a matter of fact, when my dad went to prison, he his then wife, which is his third wife, my step one of my step one of my stepmothers, yeah. she went to prison too. <laughs> so what were they up to? They were the Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, it wasn't that quite that bad, but yeah, him and his yeah. wife went to prison. <laughs> okay. All right. But um it doesn't seem to have affected your childhood because we have conversations about how you grew up and what was going on mm-hmm. and a lot of similar things. Yep. Yeah. No, the, the prison didn't affect you know, my childhood, because like I said, he went to prison and I was, I wasn't in the house. I was an adult, you know, I was over here living my own life. Yeah. Um, But I do remember him distinctly telling me when he did go, do not come visit me. Yeah, I won't be gone that long. Common. Do not come visit yep. me. And, and I did, yep. you know, he wrote to me, but I never, I never went up there to see him. Well, maybe that's a good segue to talk about uh, when you did go to prison. <laughs> so we, we we went to we went oh. to Wasika together, the federal yeah. women's prison here in Minnesota, and yeah. uh, you jumped in on uh, two sessions in a class, uh, uh, pre-release class that we put together, and uh, talk to me about that. Well, the first thing I got to say is I had this idea in my head that it was going to be like on TV, you know? Like, <laughs> How so? How so? <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be like this really dark, gloomy place, you know, people walking people around talking to themselves. throwing stuff. You know, I just thought it was going to be like chaos. Yeah. Um, You know, but... The first thing that I noticed was, well, it's not dark in there. It's well lit, artwork, <laughs> plants, flowers. Um, What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like a closet, you know. I'm thinking right. it was going to be this dark, gloomy, humdrum place, and it's not. It's bright. It's airy. It's, you know, they've got, like, the hall we walk down, they have art because they have people that are doing art programs. They have a botany program. So they had plants and just a big surprise. Yeah. And we did a really big surprise. We did the class for the women participating in the cosmetology Cosmetology. program. Yeah. (laughs) And even that, you know, they're in school and, you know, they're learning a trade and it's, it's really not what you think. Well, it's not what they portray on TV. There you go. You know, right? Or I will add this: it's not what you hear often um, on social media when people are complaining about the criminal justice system that there's no programming, there's no this. Well, that might be true in the facility that they know about or we're in, but it's not true across the board. Right. 
And while I was there, I went on a tour and saw the um, the area where they're sewing. So they're learning how to sew and make stuff. I All of that was just amazing to me. It, it really yeah, was. It's amazing. Program. So yeah. some of the some of the ladies in the program and people who know about it say that it's uh, convict labor, but um, federal prisons can only have contracts with the government to make things. So they have uh, 300 ladies in there sewing and making clothing for the U.S. military. So they treat it like a nine to five job. Uh, you get vacation time, better pay. Uh, and for a lot of them, not everyone, but for many of them, that's the structure uh, that's new for them, is mm -hmm. going to a job and working and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, well, good. Yeah, we'll, um, uh, I talked with them yesterday. Uh, Wasika will be going down there again soon. So if you want to jump in on the next round, and it'll be in the cosmetology program again. Okay. Yeah, that would be, so, um, that'd be great. Yeah, would, so I then like to go down there during the class, them. when I ask you to run a group, you won't look at me like, what? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's this guy well, doing? Me? <laughs> You'll already have experience. You'll be the OG there. Right? Oh, and um, and I wonder if the, some of the same, will some of the same ladies be there? Still, no. Or will they have graduated? Group. Yeah, they graduated. Okay. Okay. Yep. So the new class just started. I think they've been at it for about a month. Mm -hmm. uh, so it'd be good to catch them fresh on the front end. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so the Kingsman Project, your nonprofit. Mm -hmm. What is going on there? Well, we're trying to just move it along, but um, right now we're in the stage of um, raising funds for startup equipment we um just last week met with a gentleman who um graciously provided funds to purchase a computer um and then now we're kind of working on um a proposal to see if we can get that approved for some funds um but basically we're just um we're just trying to work on getting the startup the the, the groundwork laid so that we can continue the work that we've been doing um, by working with people coming out of reentry court. Um, and hopefully we'll start getting people coming from um, that are on probation that the U.S. probation would send our way possibly. Um, but we just want to continue um, to grow and be able to mentor more people and do more um, Zoom meetings with people and then also one-on-one -on -one, um, mentoring possibilities with some of these people. Yeah, so for our listeners, the Kingsman, Kingsman Project is a, um, it's a Zoom meeting right now for mm -hmm. federal uh, people coming out of the federal prison who are part of the uh, reentry court program here in the District of Minnesota. And I would say 99% of the participants on Eric's Zoom meeting, which is not officially part of the program, but it's a place where these guys can connect. 
and connect with a lot of people who've gone through the pre-release programs in prison who are out and maybe living in different cities. And they get together once a week, Sunday mornings, uh, encourage each other and just tell it like it is. It's just excellent to see that happen. Uh, it's spread into Detroit, Chicago, out on the East Coast now. Uh, and, and it's turned into a great place to have youngsters who start, um, or newbies who start reentry court to just sit in and kind of relax and go, all right, these are, these are all my people here talking good stuff. Everything I've gone through, I probably know half of them, right? Anyone who attends ends up knowing half the group there, mm-hmm. uh, just through their journey in the federal system. And just to encourage one another, uh, share experiences, seems simple, but it's something that doesn't exist. Uh, and it's proven to be pretty valuable. So, right. You, and you have, you have, um, ideas of maybe starting something for the ladies similar to this or what? Yep. I, um, I want to start something similar with the ladies and right now I'm just waiting for, more people to start coming through reentry court. It seems like that's going to ramp up maybe beginning of the year. Um, but my hope is, yes, we would like to um, begin doing the same similar thing with the ladies. Have a, you know, start out as Zoom meeting, you know, get together, talk about, you know, the things that are important to us, what what's on our mind, you know, what's going on and just kind of you know, prop each other up and, and hold each other accountable when necessary, but, you know, just to become a fellowship of like-minded people that um, have the same common goal, which is to get through the criminal justice piece of their life and, and move on to the things that everybody wants in their life. Yeah. A good, decent life, you know, the critical support, the next, three to five years when they get out that they're yeah. still on paper and uh, they're going to need that. Yeah. Maybe that's something we'll uh, push the next time we're in Wasika as far as for contact for the ladies when they get out is to yeah. reach out to you uh, and be part of that group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there you we, go. we aim to please. <laughs> That wasn't difficult, was it? <laughs> no, you know, I and you know, just seeing when people come out, like I said, I've got family members that have been incarcerated, a couple of cousins, but that support is huge because you get out and it may seem like you can just get back into your your life and your routine, but there's usually a lot of obstacles that you gotta overcome before that happens. So being part of one of these groups is is a big deal because when you have other people who've been through some of the same things who may have already moved past that, that can help you, you know, give you guidance and, and feedback and, you know, maybe some pointers, that sort of thing. Yep. I agree. Totally. Um, uh, the Kingsman project uh, now, along with us, with Montage Reentry Solutions, uh, the expansion of that project and working with local 
RCOs, recovery community organizations, uh, and now the need for, at least on the county level, there's a number of county probation offices that are looking for help from PRSs. It seems to me that the environment these days is teed up for both of these communities to start working together and uh, combine their efforts instead of everybody doing their own little silo thing. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Everybody's so, kind of compartmentalized doing their thing over here and not talking yes. to the people over there. And, you know, if we all kind of get together and, you know, put our heads together and work together, I think we could have a bigger impact. Yeah, so I have this crazy idea that I ran by Eric yesterday, and he kind of went, huh? <laughs> Uh-oh, it was a crazy idea, huh? It was. <laughs> um, well, it makes sense, which usually means it won't ever happen. But uh, uh, forming a, a uh, uh, an alliance, so a... Uh, 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 non-equity strategic alliance where a uh, number of organizations who do both re-entry and recovery get together and there's no financial commitment to it, but everybody benefits from your own competencies, you know, which are all different and combining efforts to uh, have better outcomes instead of, because I know in the recovery world, the relapse rate is uh, home. I mean, off there? the chart. Mm -hmm. And recidivism in the criminal justice world is off the chart. So mm -hmm. maybe we work together. <laughs> so uh, that's the next thing I'll be working on. So mm -hmm. you guys will be part of that and we'll see how that shakes out. All right. So yeah, yeah. All right. Advice for newbies coming along who want to get involved in reentry. Um, you know, the only advice I have is if you have uh, a passion for helping other people, giving back to your community, and it, you know, it it's rewarding because again, you get to see the the progression of what happens with a person from the, the beginning of entering this program, and you know, as they're in the program, you get to kind of be a part of seeing them grow. Mm -hmm. And and that that's always nice to see. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody doesn't always go from A to Z in a straight line. They may take some back roads and, you know, untraveled roads to get there. But to see people make it to the end is just so awesome. And we need we need all the people we can get that would be willing to do the work because there's a lot of people that are that are coming out and they need somebody to, to walk with them and to help them navigate through the system. Yeah. And uh, if those people that choose to walk with them are trained and are progressing in their knowledge of the systems and how everything works even better. Yeah. Right. So fantastic. Well, great to have you on today. Um, Love working with you and your husband, Eric. Uh, we'll have some more laughs and some more progress and setbacks and all kinds all right. of things. So well, we appreciate you more that. than you know. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, by the way, any anytime you feel like making the 
sweet potato pound cake. You just go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good stuff. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Now I do um, have to think of a new recipe because, um, you know, Christmas holiday, I've been invited to a potluck. So I'm yeah, going to exactly. think of something new to make. See, you know, my wife would do the same thing. She, yeah. she can never leave it alone. She's well, got to tweak you know, it. Some, yeah. It's fun. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but she she gives, I'm the taste tester, right? She'll give it to me. And if I say, eh, I don't know, now I'm in trouble. But well, you don't like it. But you got to say, you got to tell the truth because she can't take that to the potluck. Right. You know, exactly. Because then she's going to come back and get you because you didn't tell her. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Tammy. All right. Well, thank you. All right. We'll, we'll talk see soon. you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And check out our website at montageranchysolutions.com for trainings, consulting, materials you might need to up your game. This has been a Smart Compassion production made possible by Montage Reentry Solutions. Take care and live life, people.